The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first series Use IMAP to check email on other email spots. clients. Identify fonts from where to find where Welcome to Career Day on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to learn about the skills accumulated and lessons learned from a great SEO throughout the various stops on her career. Joining us for Career Day is an expert in connecting content, SEO, and social media marketing for B2B brands. Kristen Vaughn is the Associate Director of Online Marketing at Co-Marketing Associates, which is an agency that helps B2B organizations get found, drive more online leads, and build brand visibility through their strategic search, social media, and content marketing programs tailored to their clients' specific needs. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here is our interview with Kristen Vaughn, Associate Director of Online Marketing at Co-Marketing Associates. Kristen, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you here. And I have to say you are our first guest that I know of that has a ferret as a pet. Uh, something that was listed on your personal website. I have to, before we get into all of the the goodness about search and content and SEO, how the heck did you decide to have a ferret as a pet? <laughs> so uh, I guess the backstory is that I moved into a condo that doesn't allow dogs. And I'm highly allergic to cats, but also still wanted to have a little friend in my house. <laughs> so I started looking into, I guess, less classic pets and came upon the idea of ferrets. So it, it actually is my first ferret that I've had and it's been interesting. <laughs> ferrets are just a little more cuddly than going out and getting a lizard, I assume. But uh, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> something that caught my eye about uh, about your, your personal profile when I was looking over your website and prepping for this. But let's talk a little bit about your career. Obviously, that's the reason why we're here. 
tell us a little bit about how you got started in SEO. Yeah. So I guess how I originally got started in SEO was kind of sheer luck, really. It, it happened kind of right out of college. At the time that I was attending college, SEO wasn't really something that was taught in schools. So it wasn't really something that I was an expert in quite yet. But I did throughout college have several like marketing internships that kind of got my feet wet into the whole concept of digital marketing and managing websites and kind of just that general goal of website visibility in order to generate leads for a business. So early on in your career, actually before your career started, you were gaining some experience in digital marketing. Were you at the same time studying marketing or was that just the couple of internships that you were able to get while you were in college? Yeah. So when I was in college, I went to college at Merrimack College, which is in Massachusetts, and I studied both marketing and communication. At the time that I was in school, I was kind of debating whether I wanted to go into marketing or more like PR communications. And I think it's interesting now kind of reflecting on that because I do think that SEO kind of has a balance of both marketing. And there certainly is a more like PR focused element when you think about link building and um, visibility on third party websites and that type of thing. I feel like SEO in general over specifically the past few years, maybe the last five years to 10 years with the rise of social media as a channel has blended into other principles of marketing. Like you said, you had a background in communications and in marketing. And you know, SEO has become more than just the technical geeks. <laughs> Sorry, guys that are listening to the podcast that are on the technical side. But you know, the background is the the nerds, the geeks, the guys that were really technical figuring out how to game Google. And now it is more of people that are generalist in terms of their background, understanding not only the technical side, but some of the more artistic pieces of SEO. Talk to me about your career arc. When you graduated from college, did you start working in SEO right away? Or is that something that you picked up on later in your career? Yeah. So right out of college, I actually extended kind of like some of my internships eventually had turned into freelance work. So I was working for a couple of local businesses in Boston and over kind of like the suburb area of Massachusetts. And they were all local businesses. But I really, with that, got experience in doing a little bit of everything marketing. So it wasn't just digital, but it did steer me in that direction where I was like, Hey, I, I really like the digital aspect of marketing and kind of like narrowed my focus there. So at the time, I was doing everything from writing blog posts to direct mail, um, managing websites, but with that overall goal of generating leads for the businesses. You mentioned that you were doing a little bit of everything marketing. That's my favorite channel of marketing. <laughs> um, but talk to me a little bit about some of the experience that you gained as a freelancer. It's a little bit of a non-traditional path coming out of college and going out on your own. Why did you decide to go that route and work for multiple different brands? What were you working on? And why didn't you just go get a you know traditional J-O-B? Yeah. So when I was out of coming out of college, I mean... I had some like really great experiences with the one specific owner that I was working for. And he was the owner of a custom closet designer in Andover. And from that, I mean, we had a great relationship and he basically just started referring me to other local businesses. So it all kind of stemmed from him. 
And from that, I was working with like another interior designer that he had referred me to, another person who had who he had referred me to who um, built wine cellars. So really, all these like local business owners that I was doing some consulting for. It's a challenging market and mostly because it's very geographically constrained. Talk to me about some of the tips that you learned or some of the tactics that you implemented related to marketing local businesses. So um, at the time, the business was really getting a lot of their leads through referrals. And my goal was to be reaching kind of these newer audiences that hadn't been targeted in the past. So whether that be uh, via the website via social media channels, via blog content. We were kind of using some of these newer channels for the business to reach new audiences rather than just kind of relying on that referral program that had been relied on in the past. So you worked on a multi-channel digital marketing strategy and your business expanded from your sort of one stable client to working with a couple other local businesses. It sounds like you were running a pretty successful digital marketing consulting agency. What made you decide to go into, uh, you know, eventually you go over to co-marketing where you are now and you've been there for a large time and you've specialized more. What made you make the decision to leave your independent consulting business and go take a, a job at an agency? Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, like I can remember even being in college and knowing that I wanted to work at an agency. I'm not really sure where that confidence came from that I wanted, <laughs> that I definitely wanted to be an agency, but it did end up working out for me. So, ultimately, with that goal of wanting to move to an agency, I wanted to be learning from other marketers, exchanging their knowledge, and really part of a marketing team. I think especially at that point in my career where I was looking to learn and kind of gain that momentum and really become an expert in digital marketing, I needed that peer communication and, and mentorship, which is really difficult to do on your own when you're just starting out, kind of, if that makes sense. <laughs> No, absolutely. I think the value of working at an agency is you get a mentorship. You have a boss, somebody that's a little bit more experienced. You get some, you know, professional training and coaching. Um, you also get the opportunity to work on multiple different businesses, so you can see different business models, different industries. You get multiple reps, and that's a big difference between being in house. Is when you're in house, you get to own an entire product or you're really thinking about the same product or service all of the time. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about some of the, the type of work that you were doing, maybe some of the businesses you were working on. Was there an area of expertise or specialty that you started when you were at co-marketing? Yeah. So I actually, I started at co-marketing as a content marketing analyst. And at the time I was, it was really a mix between both social media marketing and writing content for uh, several different industries and clients, a lot of which were focused in the technology space, even in the agriculture space. It really pushed me to be writing about some very technical clients that required a lot of research. And at that point, I think it really put my writing skills to the test and made me kind of improve in that area. But from there, I figured out that I really wanted to get more involved in the SEO side of things, which at the time being, my only involvement in 
keywords that we were targeting within the content that I was writing or the specific audiences that we were trying to, to reach on social media for link building purposes. But I did have some sort of underlying curiosity more towards SEO. And I voiced that to my two direct bosses, Derek Edmond and Casey Gillette. And once I did voice that curiosity, they were super helpful and such good mentors with kind of getting me the training that I needed to become more of an expert in search specifically. So I mean, that required a bunch of tests. I know I can remember taking the Moz training courses and tests, Google Analytics certification, and really just continuous learning with the specific publications in the industry and knowledge sharing with other SEO experts at the company. So there's a lot to unpack there. You started off as an independent consultant. You're working on some local marketing projects. You go to an agency to get some mentorship experience and you're a writer by trade. You mentioned that you were working on writing a lot of technical content. Mm -hmm. What's the strategy there for creating great technical content when it's not necessarily a subject matter that you're an expert in? You know, How did you learn about yeah. agriculture? Great question. So it's not really like common sense to be knowing about all the ins and outs of agriculture. So I would say a lot of it required researching and getting more familiar with that industry in general. I think really the key is being fully committed to the industry. Even though you are an agency writing about a specific industry, inserting yourself in that audience, whether it's subscribing to the top publications or setting up Google Alert notifications really staying on top of what that audience is facing on a daily basis. What are their challenges? What information do they want to know that you can provide them? Kind of switching gears a bit too, with that independent research that I was doing, I think it was also very important to be getting research and resources from their internal team. So a lot of the times I was reaching out to SMEs at organizations and, and kind of just asking like, Hey, do you have 10 minutes to jump on a call? And let's talk about this topic. I really want to write a good piece about it and want to pick your brain a bit, make sure that we're aligned with the audience and, and the right positioning. So really using a mix of like the, the third party resources I could get, but also the direct resources within those companies. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. 
That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So it sounds like the strategy here is not only to understand who you're writing for and learn about your audience, but then also to network your way to other people that are working in publications to pick their brains on the resource and content that influences them. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And eventually moving down your career path, you're talking about becoming a great technical writer and you decided, you know what, I want to expand this. I'm not just going to be the writer. I'm going to focus a little bit on content syndication and you look at SEO as a great channel. Talk to me about why SEO was attractive for you and you know what did you do to become a expert in SEO? Yeah. So SEO to me was very interesting because they're kind of what there isn't really a rule book when it comes to SEO. There's a lot of like digging and investigating, which I found really appealing, like figuring out what strategies you might want to test and implement and see if it works and it might not work and you might need to readjust and think on the fly and come up with a new strategy. Also from the technical component, really just figuring out... I mean, it's not a secret that a lot of times SEOs are dealing with things that have broke and kind of trying to figure out what the root cause was and how to fix it. So that sort of like... We joke around at co-marketing saying it's like detective work. <laughs> so that sort of investigation work is something that I really found interesting and was passionate about like figuring out problems and the solutions to them. So tell me about some of the projects as you transitioned to becoming an SEO. What was your focus? What did you learn? And what were some of the projects you took on? Yeah, I would say a lot of my initial focuses getting more involved in SEO was very analytics focused. So really getting very familiar with Google Analytics and really what performance metrics we needed to be looking at on a daily basis to figure out if our strategies were working. Because I think a lot of the times that's really what it comes down to is um, you can implement several different strategies, right? But having that basic understanding of what's working and what's not and what metrics we need to be tasked against in order to figure out if this is successful or not. So I would say definitely being very familiar with analytics. The keyword research process is also something that's um, kind of never-ending. There's always new learnings there. But I would say a lot of my time was getting more familiar with what the right keyword research process was for me specifically, because there's not really a right or wrong approach, but being able to figure out like what keywords make the most sense for these very technical audiences. A lot of the times, the keywords weren't necessarily the highest search volume because you're in such a niche, right? Um, but figuring out what keywords are going to offer a business the most value. If it is longer tail and maybe less search volume, just making sure that we have the right intent and that being something that is actually going to generate business, right? So co-marketing is primarily focused on serving B2B brands. And when you left your consulting practice, you were working on consumer-facing brands at small businesses. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the shift and what you learned moving from smaller commercial businesses to larger enterprise B2B-focused businesses. Yeah, I love that question because that definitely was something that was a bit of a transition for me. So dealing with local businesses, I would say that there was more of an instant result or at least 
a shorter period where you, you would see it result. And that when you're dealing with consumers, usually the decision is made much quicker whether they're going to make a purchase or not. Whereas B2B, there are a lot of decision makers involved and the sales funnel is really much longer. So you might go months without actually seeing leads or results from an asset that was generated, for example. And really just making sure that with that, with so many decision makers involved in something, you really need to be creating a lot more content that's targeting different phases of the funnel. So reaching all of those different points where people might be searching. So let's double click there. As you're working with a B2B brand and you're understanding that there are multiple decision makers at different points in the process, how is that affecting your content strategy? Are you creating different types of content for different decision makers, different points in the buyer's journey? Walking through a little bit about your thought process working with B2B enterprise brands. Yeah, I think, I mean, thinking about it from a keyword perspective, there are obviously, I'll use marketing automation as an example. Say we wanted to target the term marketing automation. That term by nature is much more top of the funnel. I do still think that's an important term if you want to be known for that. But the way that you're going to position it and write about it is much different. So for example, if you look in search results for marketing automation, a lot of what's showing up is a lot of informational type of content. People are asking what it is, how to do it successfully, challenges around it. So if you were going to write an asset targeting kind of top of the funnel searches like that, you would want to align it with what Google sees as um, applicable. Whereas if you want to target someone much deeper in the funnel, say marketing automation platform or the best marketing automation platform, someone who's kind of indicating that they're ready to start looking at specific solutions and make a purchase potentially. If you take a look at the best marketing automation platforms in search results, you can see that there are a lot more like review style content, things to look for in a marketing automation platform, key features, etc. So creating an asset that's specifically aligned towards that phase of the funnel and clearly addressing that question. What's interesting to me about what you said is that you're not only matching the piece of content to the buyer's journey, you're matching it to a different content type. The example you used was creating a review type of content for something like best marketing automation services which is an interesting tip. Uh, let's go back to talking about your career. You've been at co-marketing for uh, what looks like a little over five years now. You, you know, Talk to me about being in an agency for that long, working with multiple clients. What are some of the value and benefits that you've seen? You know, What are some of the things that you're thinking about longer term in your career? Yeah. I mean, one of the benefits that I've seen, and it really goes back to initially why I wanted to work in an agency was specifically like the knowledge sharing. I haven't really hit a day or a point in my career where I haven't learned something new every day. Um, There's just so many, especially in the SEO landscape, things are constantly changing. And I think staying on top of what's changing and kind of exchanging different strategies on how to align your programs with that is super important. And that's something that I see as a key benefit every day, really, when I'm at work. (laughs) Especially being in an agency where we have, I would say, three core focuses, right? We have SEO and content, social media, and paid advertising as well. So those three kind of channels and experts within each of those, we're constantly exchanging what we found to work or maybe what we're struggling with that someone else could give us advice on. As you've transitioned from being more of a generalist to being a specialist in SEO... 
What are some of the things that you feel like you've learned about the connection between not only content search marketing, but also how it impacts some of the syndication, you know, some of your social marketing efforts? Yeah, I think some of the key learnings, I mean, one of the things that I learned right out the gate was how important it is to have solid writing skills in really all of those areas, whether you are focused in SEO, social media, even paid advertising, having solid writing skills is so important because no matter what, you are positioning yourself as an expert in that specific industry. And you need to be tailoring your content towards an audience that's very educated and really creating that engaging content that is going to encourage them to take the next step with your company, to view your company as a thought leader in this space. So as you learn more about the connection between content, content syndication, content optimization... What do you think the future career path is for you? Are you planning to stay in an agency? Do you think that you're going to be, you know, expanding, maybe going in-house sometime? What's the long-term direction for you? Um, Yeah. So taking a step back and kind of looking at what I've done so far in my career, having that experience of doing freelance work and now being at an agency, I think agency is really what I found to be the best fit for me. So that's really... I could see myself staying in, in an agency environment for really the bulk of my career. Interesting. Do you have aspirations to become an agency owner? Would you ever branch out on your own and, and bridge the gap between you know running a consulting business, being independent and being in an agency format? Potentially. Um, never say never. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely uh, possible. It's a, it's a long career. And I think that you've, you've obviously done a lot in the early portions of your career. And uh, I guess the last question that I have for you today is for the people that are you know, making the transition from, you know, their education and are debating whether they would want to go independent, whether they want to be in an agency. You know, what did you what advice do you have for the younger generation of marketers that are interested in following a similar career path? Yeah, I would say it really comes down to what's the best fit for your personality. I think one of the key things, like I said, that I was looking for is to constantly be learning at that point in my career. As someone who is working independently, um, as long as you have kind of that confidence to be pushing yourself to seek that new information, I think it can certainly be successful as well. For me personally, I felt like being in an agency would allow me to kind of do that a bit more, especially at the start of my career. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the advice. I think that you know, the match between your personality type and everybody has to make these decisions for themselves. But, you know, understanding if you want guidance or if you are somebody that feels, you know, confident and capable, just go figure it out on your own. Some people thrive in that environment and some people, Mm -hmm. you know, want a, a, a template to follow. And that's a personal decision for everyone. Either way, Kristen, it sounds like your career is off to a great start. And I appreciate you uh, joining us and, and telling us about uh, about your path. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kristen Vaughn, the Associate Director of Online Marketing at Co-Marketing Associates. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Kristen, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Kristen underscore Vaughn, K-R-I-S-T-E-N underscore V-A-U-G-H-N. Or you can visit her, her personal website, which is KristenVaughn.com or her company's website, which is Co-Marketing.com, K-O-Marketing.com. 
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you want to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes, or you can send me a tweet at BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.